All right, welcome to the Leadership Cares Podcast, Episode 4. It has been a little while since we did this, huh, Yes, it has. Yeah, we would like to apologize. We have gone through uh, an interesting season over the last, uh, I guess, eight months since uh, we got to do this. Um, And we have not been able to record, but it's been for some good reasons. As I'm sure a lot of you all are dealing with, um, just dealing with COVID and the different uh, challenges that arose from COVID, both, um, you know, with our private lives and family, but, you know, in our organizations. It's been a crazy year. It's been a really crazy year. Yeah. And I can't believe it's almost over. <laughs> yeah. The year itself. Yeah. yeah. Like 2021 went by, went, went by so quick. fast. <laughs> went by quick. You know, I, I was telling you before we hopped on that I was re-listening to some of our uh, past podcasts and yeah. we started this right after the pandemic started. <laughs> yep. Um, and now, you know, here we are, we're only doing episode four and it's been like 18 months since the (laughs) the pandemic, but we are definitely going to be better about getting, uh, more frequent episodes. We'd like to shoot for one a month or or one every six weeks and make sure that you're getting the content more frequently. And, uh, yeah, also just enjoy doing this. So we want to make sure that we're making time for it. Absolutely. But uh, a couple changes since we last got on, I I just wanted to bring attention to JD. JD has since stopped working for me and moved on to another position, (laughs) uh, with a company that he, um, is enjoying. And so, you know, we don't get to work together as much anymore, but now he also gets to bring a different perspective to, uh, what we're doing into leadership. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been really great, and uh, just for you know anybody else listening who you know comes from the Chick Fil A world, I'm I'm essentially a culture director um, at a new up and coming tech slash food company. Awesome, that's yeah. really all I can say. I'm ex- excited <laughs> excited for you in that new position, but I'm also excited we get to continue to do this together. And uh, what one of the things I wanted to discuss this week and just address from you know, our our beginnings is that we, you know, the whole concept of the podcast is that leadership cares and talking about what it means to be a caring leader and leading your people well. And I think that's needed more now than ever. Again, before we hopped on, you and I were catching up and just talking about how I think every major organization's mindset needs to be about internal care currently. And um, by ensuring that they are caring for their people and being understanding of what their people are going through, that is then going to translate to their guests or their shareholders or whatever the company might be doing. But things have been hard, right? Like we've gone through 18 months now under COVID conditions that um, are not, it's not just even about having uh, COVID and, and, you know, being afraid about getting sick. Now it's also creating all these other, um, you know, domino dominoes falling around the country where, you know, national hiring shortage, there's not enough people who can, do some of these jobs, um, supply chain shortages, you know, just disruption in supplies and trucking and things like that. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, it, it is a definitely a, a challenging season to do anything, but I think even like just bringing it back to Chick-fil-A and what we get to do or what I get to do, it, it has caused a whole new area for the ability to lead well, you know, and yeah. people on the front lines of this as we have been, not in the sense of like dealing with COVID, like true frontline workers, like doctors and nurses are, but, you know, having worked through the entirety of this thing and, you know, dealing with people who are, are burnt out and tired and, um, you know, the, the need for caring is so much more important now. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think it's genuine care too. Yeah. I think that 
a lot of times people want to try to give a facade of care where, you know, you know, we, we just need to keep our people happy. So just do something for them or pretend, you know, that you're listening or whatever. Uh, and, and again, we've talked about this, that people can see right through that. They, we need to be leaders that genuinely care about our people and are involved with our people and not to the extent of being unprofessional or, you know, being intrusive, but just knowing that we care and that, that we're happy that they show up, you know, yeah. and that they're here and we're, yeah, we're, we're with sure. them, you know. And so I think in the spirit of that, you know, we never really got to talk about or define caring. You know, how do we care? And yeah. uh, I, I'd like to, to do that. We're going to be doing a two-part episode about caring. So this first episode, we're going to talk about something that's, especially since the pandemic, I feel like has really exploded on the um, forefront of a lot of people's minds, which is the self-care piece, right? Yeah. Being able to give yourself the time and energy and uh, necessities to be the best version of you. And then next episode, we'll talk about like on a very surface level, what it really means to care for others. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about self-care. Um, man, I, I feel like this is something, like I said, it's become more, uh, forefront, you know, especially when you yeah. look at things on social media and in the internet, uh, there, there's a definite outcry for people to be more understanding about the need for self-care. Mm -hmm. You know, I was at a meeting a couple months ago uh, where there was actually a therapist brought in and, uh, you know, he was there to, to kind of offer his services to us. This was an operator meeting, yeah. uh, Chick-fil-A operator meeting. And he was talking about how, you know, COVID has put such a mental strain on the entire population mm -hmm. and how most organizations are not equipped to handle it. Um, you know, therapy, psychologists, things like that, th that's been pretty taboo for oh, most yeah, of its existence. You know, people don't want to think that they need that kind of thing. And the truth is we all need that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if you had a great childhood or a bad childhood or, or if you're, you know, great marriage, bad marriage, whatever it might be. Like we could all use somebody to talk through those things and help us manage some of like the stressors and things like that. Yeah. And so this gentleman was talking about how, you know, the therapy profession is woefully understaffed for what the need is going to be post COVID. Yeah. yeah. I, I can imagine that too. You know, I mean, like everyone is kind of like sitting at home dealing with their emotions, like themselves being bottled up. You, mm -hmm. you can even see it in media a lot of the times, you know, there's that new commercial. I think it's like for Trident or something like the gum where, you know, like the person gets a text message and it's like, Hey, we can meet now. And all these people are coming outside oh, yeah. and they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, and, um, that's kind of how it is, you know, like, like being able to go out and just talk to people that you've known for years, but haven't been able to see in, I, I guess, 18 months now. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah, I could see why that, that, that's gonna happen. Yeah. I think what I see a lot of times, whether it be with our staff or even our guests is that they're just the overall, uh, underlying stress of COVID has weighed so much on people, you know, just living with this thing, you know, hanging over us. Mm -hmm. I kind of liken it to like, if, if you grew up, you know, you talk to my dad or, um, you know, some, some people from, you know, who were born during the forties, fifties, sixties, um, and they were dealing with the cold war and they would do, um, you know, duck and cover drills yeah, because yeah. there was this like, unfortunately, like overlying stress that at any point we could be attacked by the Russians, you know? Yep. And so, you know, just living with that every day, knowing that that's a possibility, I, I, it's kind of like that with COVID. It's like, man, like anytime I step outside of my home, 
I could contract this thing. And, you know, it might not necessarily be horrible for me, but I could give it to somebody else, like a grandparent or a child that it is horrible for. And and that's, I think, one of the most dangerous things about this is that, you you know, you don't know what if you have it sometimes. And um, it's definitely a unique virus and a unique situation that has caused a lot of stress and mental strain on people. Yeah. And so we were talking about this concept about like just therapy, providing therapy, providing self-care outlets for our people. And he was talking about how like on the average college campus, you have um, one guidance counselor, one one counselor to every 1,700 students. Wow. Yeah. And he's like, that's that's how it is across the entire country, you know, and people, you know, particularly younger people are, are more inclined now to in. Uh, take on these services and actually seek out therapy and there's not enough people to help. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that kind of leads me though into the concept that I wanted to talk about, which is, you know, we're all understanding that we could probably use this kind of thing. But I think sometimes too, there's a taboo or there's a fear of opening up. There is a, um, you know, you, you don't want to seem weak you don't want to you know especially from the leadership space right Mm -hmm. like we help others that's our thing right like we're supposed to be the ones that have it all together if Mm -hmm. i gotta go talk to somebody else like what does it say about me uh and and that's just a lie that you're telling yourself you know Uh, i read a statistic um it's it's actually not a statistic but i read this thing once that like every major ceo of a corporation goes to a therapist really wow that's awesome yeah because they you know the the amount of weight they carry yeah i i you know I do think that there's a lot of um, undeserved shame that comes from seeing a therapist. And even even me who, like, uh, if you ask me, I, I would totally say it's fine to see a therapist. And I do truly believe that. But I also notice myself if someone's like, oh, yeah, like I'm seeing a therapist. My first thought is like, oh, what's wrong with you? Yeah. You know? Man, you got a couple <laughs> screws loose, huh? Yeah, you yeah. know? And it, it shouldn't be the case. It's just no. how it is. No, it's, it's just kind of been ingrained in, in us. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's like it's an invisible ailment, mm-hmm. like, you know, with the things that go on in your mind or your self-confidence or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, if you were hurt, if you had been stabbed, you wouldn't be like, yeah, I don't really need a doctor. I don't really <laughs> yep. need to go to the emergency room. You know, no, you'd go to the emergency room. You'd get yeah. the help you need. And I think for a lot of us, like our our brains, our mindsets, our uh, emotions, like they're they're under duress and it's OK to seek those things yeah. out. Um, so I'm not necessarily saying, hey, everybody listening or, or, you know, everybody I know needs to go to therapy. If you want to, that's great. If you don't, you don't. But I think that just this concept of, of making sure that you are full, that you are yeah. cared for, uh, particularly I'm speaking to people who lead. Um, and we all lead in different capacities, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you got the, the moms and dads out there, but then you've also got business leaders. Like we all are, are in some form of leadership, um, most of us. So you tend to put the needs of others ahead of yourself, right? Yeah. At least good leaders do, Yeah, you know, almost to the detriment of themselves. Mm-hmm. How many people do you know whose calendars are so full with different things that aren't even necessarily for them that just runs them yep. ragged, right? Or how many times have you uh, dropped everything you wanted to do for the sake of your kids or the sake of your yeah. friends or your parents? Most leaders are givers, you know, and mm-hmm. they give and give and give until they have nothing left. And then that's what creates burnout. It is, uh, it, it's reality right now. Like just, yeah. you know, the giving and giving and some people continually operating under the same expectations that they had pre COVID. And then you add in COVID, you add the stress, you add all the, the fears and anxieties mm-hmm. and it just creates a bad situation. 
Yeah. And so the reason I want to talk today about self-care is I've been on kind of this journey of trying to, to happen, you know, make it happen for myself, you know, yeah. being really cognizant of, you know, not allowing myself to burn out because when mm-hmm. you do, when you get to that point where you've got nothing left, you're not doing anybody any good. Yeah. The leader, the, the, your family or your uh, organization that you're leading, if you get to the point where, you know, y- your, your physical body has been impacted, your mental state is so impacted, you can't lead well, that's not helping them, you yeah. know? And so you need to do the things that are going to be um, refilling you and giving you the opportunity to be the best version of you. Yeah, and I think that when um, you do allow yourself to do that, people will comment on the fact that you've, you've, you seem different. You seem rejuvenated, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember uh, when we first opened the restaurant, uh, the, the Wachung restaurant, you were very burnt out, you mm-hmm. know, and you knew it. And then, um, you know, you, you did that Montana trip and you came back and you were like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Like, let's do this, you know? And it, it was, you know, you were awake, you yeah. know, and, and absolutely like it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. I, I, uh, started that last year. I went on that again this year, mm-hmm. uh, with some of my friends who are also Chick-fil-A operators to a, um, retreat center, I guess you could call it called refuge in Montana. And just, uh, it was just four days, but mm-hmm. just getting to unplug and, and be out in the wilderness, which is not my thing, really. I'm not an outdoorsy yeah. <laughs> guy, but like getting to experience God's creation and, and just like stillness mm-hmm. and, and getting to spend that time with myself and my thoughts, it was enough to replenish me to come back and be better for the next year, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so these aren't things that like we have to do, you know, every day, every week, you know, some of the things might be. But, you know, incorporating these types of, you know, it's, and it's not even just trips. I, I think that that is a difficult thing for some people to do, whether it oh, be yeah, yeah, time yeah. or money or whatever, like we have constraints on our resources. But if it's not a, if it's not a trip, if it's not a um, get away to a retreat or something like that, like there's got to be other things you do through the course yeah. of your life that are replenishing to you. Yeah, so everyone's different. I mean, yeah. it could be playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. It could be going out and, and photographing things. You mm-hmm. know, maybe you're a bird watcher. Like it's different for everybody. Absolutely. And uh, there are people who they they're reinvigorate like they're extroverted. Right. And so they are reinvigorated by being with others. Yeah. And then there's people who are introverted. Who's like, man, like being with other people strains me. I need time away to myself. You know, yeah. it's funny because me and my wife are polar opposites when it comes to this. Yeah. I'm an extrovert. I love being around friends, family. Like I don't like solitude, you know, she's an introvert. Like there's times where she needs to pull back. Yeah. And so understanding each other enough to like give each other that space to be who they are and get what they need. Uh, that's important too. So, uh, but l- let, real quick, let's double back. I want to talk about self care and what does this mean? Um, the one thing I want to be really intentional about is that I feel like I've seen this particularly, you know, and it's, it feels like a generational thing where some of the younger generation likes to talk about this on social media. Yeah. And again, we, we were mentioning this right before we got on this term self care has almost become a, an excuse to just be selfish. Yeah. Right. And so, or lazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you just see things all the time, which is like, you know, if you're going to be coming up in my space and telling me what to do, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to cut you out and that's not caring and all this stuff. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, good intention people who love you and want, you know, maybe need to hold you accountable or confront you about something or try to help you be a better person. That is not being, you know, toxic or whatever you want to say. That's a good friend or family member. Now, if you were talking about people who are truly just causing drama and causing pain and heartache for no reason, that's toxic people. And those are people you need to maybe distance yourself from. But 
you know, or self-care is not just like all about me. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I feel like I see a lot and it's, it's indicative of what society is, has started to become, which is like the selfie society. Mm-hmm. Like this is, you know, this is about me and what I yep. want. And so self-care is in some ways about what you and what you need, but it's so that you're capable of continuing to be there for others yep. as a leader. Right. Yep. And so we are, that's, that's what we're talking about. If, if you want to pretend that self-care is, uh, you know, you get to do whatever you want to, you know, and damn the consequences and whoever else this hurts. That's not what we're talking about. That's, yeah. that's being selfish, you know? Yeah. So this is more about uh, identifying your personal needs and what you need to do to be the best version of you. So this, I think this is a little cliche, but when I think about this concept, I think about being on an airplane yeah. and you know, you've flown places before yeah. when they go through the whole um, you know, procedures around what happens if the plane is compromised, the pressurization of the plane is compromised. You know, they always talk about when the mass, the oxygen mass fall from the, the ceiling to make sure that you put yours yeah. on first, mm-hmm. right? So that you can then help others. And I remember thinking about that, especially when I first had kids and I heard that I'm like, no, my number <laughs> one concern is to get that on my child. Yeah. But what they're saying is if, if the oxygen in the plane has been compromised, you can't breathe you're going to suffocate or you're going to pass out. You can't help your child. Yeah. So that's why you need to get your mask on first so that you can then do that for your, yeah, your exactly. child or somebody else who, who needs help. That's the exact principle we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's noticing the warning signs. It's knowing what you need to be able to help others. And so, you know, when I think about this, you know, I, I think about it in a lot of different ways that are, are small things, but also, you know, some of the bigger things, right? So you'd started reading this with us before you moved on to your other position. Uh, we're reading the book, Winning the War in Your Mind by yeah. Craig Rochelle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've really enjoyed that book. Craig is a uh, big time pastor out in Oklahoma, um, Life Church, I believe it is. Yeah. And uh, they created the Version Bible app, like, you know, Craig, Craig's uh, written a number of other books. He has a great podcast. If, uh, you know, another re- podcast recommendation, Craig Grishel's Leadership Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been talking about this a lot between releasing the book, Win the War in Your Mind, and then he's had a number of other speakers come on his podcast recently to discuss this. What he talks about is understanding that the there's a battle going on yeah. inside of you. Now, again, he's a pastor. He approaches it from a spiritual point of view as well and a biblical point of view. But even if that's not necessarily something you're on board with, the understanding that you have forces both outside of you but inside of you mm-hmm. that are telling you you're not good enough, you can't do this, you don't have what it takes. Um, all of us deal with that self-doubt in, yeah. in some way, shape, or form. And so he, he talks about how do you... I a identify this and combat it. He talks about being aware of your thoughts and that what you tell yourself is what you're going to believe. Yeah. And he discusses mental health from, you know, the faith-based perspective, but he also talks about it from a psychological perspective. Um, I read a book called mindset, um, about strictly the psychology of your mind. It's uh, by an author called Carol Dweck. She's like a psychologist. And she talks about how there's really only two different mindsets. There's an open mindset and there's a closed mindset. And obviously you want to strive to have the open mindset, which is I can take on challenges. I can, um, you know, be open to other experiences. I'm not just set into this little box. Right. And uh, a great example she gave was they, they conducted a experiment on, I believe it was a kindergarten class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they identified 
already before the class about the kids who have the open mindsets versus the kid who's had a closed mindsets. And they gave each of them a puzzle. It was a really easy puzzle. Everybody in the class was able to complete the puzzle. Yeah. And they all felt good about themselves. After that, they gave every kid a more difficult puzzle. And the kids with the closed mindsets were struggling, angry, upset, um, didn't think they could do it. The kids with the open mindsets were challenged, um, and energized, enjoyed that it was a harder puzzle. Yeah. And uh, the kids with the closed mindsets actually took the puzzle back, a handful of them, and said, hey, can yeah. I have the other puzzle again? <laughs> Whereas the kids with the open mindsets, once they did complete the puzzle, wanted another one. Yeah. And so I think this speaks a little bit to your, your self-care aspect as well. Because she was talking about how how do you overcome a closed mindset? Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, it is uh, so ingrained in us that it feels unnatural. Yeah, it feels unnatural to push yourself to that. And she talked about how like basically it's you got to fake it till you make it. Yeah. You have to identify the thoughts that come into your head that tell you you can't do something or that that's not worth doing, and actively think different thoughts mm-hmm. and tell yourself no, that's not how I'm going to approach this. And it's going to feel unnatural at first, but the longer you do it, the more you do it, the more you identify those limiting thoughts, those limiting mindsets, and you actively think the other way, you're going to force yourself to then have an open mindset yeah. and yeah. have a, a more healthy uh, understanding of yourself and what you're, you're capable of. You know, and so I, I think that's a really good place to start is identifying what, what mindset do you have? Are you mm-hmm. kind of more on the open side or the closed side? To be honest with you, I actually fall more naturally on the closed mindset side. Yeah, me too. You think so too? Yeah. You know, and, and I've, I've been challenged by different leaders in my life. Uh, you know, uh, my friend Luke, who we've talked about, mm. who I worked for before this, he's a very open and like overly optimistic guy. Yeah. You know, whereas I tended to be a little more closed um, and at times pessimistic and his constant influence and like, no, like we can do that. You know, let's just figure it out. Yeah. It, it started to change my mindset. But now that I'm, you know, I'm an operator myself and I don't have his influence every day in my business, I have to force myself there sometimes because yeah. I feel myself <laughs> slipping back into the mm. other person sometimes. And, uh, you know, it's not, not that one's good or bad. It's just understanding uh, that you have to put work in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like right now I'm, I'm going through this thing where I'm, I'm trying to be, become a photographer. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I've, I've talked to you about that a little bit. And I was actually just talking to this about Essie because I feel like I've been suffering from imposter syndrome where now I'm, I'm getting gigs and I'm getting jobs to go out and be paid to be a photographer. And I get there and I'm battling myself in my head going, you're not a photographer. What are you, what are you doing? And what's funny is I never felt that way about music. Mm. You know, I, I don't know if you, cause you're a musician too. Like mm-hmm. I was just raised in it. So I was like, Me I'm a musician. I always yeah. thought that. But now I probably know more about photography than I know scientifically about music. But I still feel like you're not a photographer. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, like, don't do this. Don't, don't embarrass yourself. And those are the things that are going on in my head. And I, I, I got to c- constantly combat that, you know. And I, I think putting myself in, on the front lines and being like, well, Nate, if you're not a photographer, you better become one in the next five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like it's helping. But, yeah, it's, it's a constant battle. You know, to be honest with you, I I have the same things about just being a leader. I think I, a lot, many of the great leaders I know think that too. Like, 
frankly, remember starting this podcast. I didn't even want to do the podcast because I'm yeah. like, why should anybody listen to me? Like, well, I don't have anything to offer, you know? Yeah. And, and then when you did it, eventually, um, you know, convince me to do it was like, okay, well, we can do it, but it's only for the team. You know, that's how it started. Yeah. I, I just want like, at least for the people who work for me. And now, you know, it's being gotten out there to a lot of other people, which is great. But, you know, it's still a little uncomfortable to me that I can't, I don't feel like I, I'm always meant to be here, you know? Yeah. I, and I think every great leader struggles with that. I feel like, you know, I, I used to do theater and, I'd been in a lot of different shows you know, all through, you know, junior high, high school, even post high school. And, you know, we used to have a saying that if you're not nervous to go on stage, you don't belong on stage. Yeah. You yeah. know, because those nerves show you care mm-hmm. that like you want to do well. If you've become so arrogant that either a you you believe you can do no wrong. And so, you know, when it came to theater, like, oh, I'm always going to be amazing. Or B, you don't care enough about, you know, the audience, about their their experience, then you don't belong there. It, on one hand, I think, yes, it, it can be detrimental where mm-hmm. we don't uh, believe we belong or we don't believe we have anything to offer. But I also think it can go too far the other way, too, and just become yeah. arrogance. And, and, Absolutely. You know, I think the best leaders are humble, but they're also confident. Yeah. There's a confident humility mm-hmm. where I know what I bring to the table, but I don't overvalue it. Yeah. more, And I don't value myself more than you. Mm-hmm. And I, so, I, yeah, I think that there's there's a very delicate balance to strike there. So um, just to kind of interject really quick, yeah. um, I heard and, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring, you know, our Christian faith into this. But I heard a pastor speaking and he said um, he the word in, in the Bible that speaks of humility. I don't remember what the actual uh, Hebrew word for it was. But he says that it's actually not humility in the way that we think of it. It's your place within God's plan. Mm. And something that uh, I think it's Lecrae, who's a rapper, he says, um, I, I judge success not on um, me comparing myself to other successful people, but I judge success on what I've done in comparison to God's plan for me. Mm. So if I'm filling that box, that is success, you know? And, and I think that like, when I heard it, it kind of like shifted my mind and I was like, Oh wow, that's, that, that's actually really great because you're not comparing yourself to others, which could be detrimental. You're also not getting so big headed and fulfill, you know, like, like, cause you're like, Oh, I'm doing better than this person. It's like, no, you have a very specific plan that God wants for you and, and you're being successful just by staying within that box. Yeah, no, that's great. It, it's, uh, you know, there's other, another quote that says comparisons, the thief of joy. Yeah. Right? When we are putting ourselves up against who other people are or what other people have, you're never going to be content. Yep. You're never going to be happy. And so you're, you're not going to be joyful either. Uh, you know, so I, I think healthy leaders, you know, and, and we talked about this on one of the other podcasts where we talked about how uh, we, at least in our organization, I don't really care what anybody else is doing around me in terms of like yeah. competition. Mm-hmm. I'm not, co- I'm not competing against, you know, the other restaurant. I'm not even competing against other Chick-fil-A's. I'm competing against who we were yesterday and last week and the year before. Yeah. And as long as we are, you know, going the right direction and we're moving forward and we're getting better, you know, we could still be behind others. I, I don't care. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I'm not great at sports. <laughs> you know, like I just, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't care what you're doing. I just mm-hmm. care about what I'm doing, yep. you know? And, and so, and actually Simon Sinek discusses this in the book, The Infinite Game, yeah, where he talks about how, you know, a lot of people just play to win. Yep. And then, but, but within business, there really is no winning because you have to continue. You have Mm -hmm. to keep going. Or even in sports, if you talk about sports and you talk about uh, championships and it's like, okay, we're going to play, we're going to win the World Series, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Guess what? Next season's coming around again. Yeah. You got to do it all over again. It's not like, hey, I just stopped and and I fulfilled my purpose. No, you got to do it again. And there's more expectations. Yeah. And so when he talks about in the infinite game, he talks about the best companies, and I would argue also the best people, don't play to win. Mm-hmm. They play to stay in the game. Yeah. And we're kind of on a little bit of a different subject, but this will, we'll loop this back to self-care in a second. Yeah. When you are focused mainly on, I just enjoy the game. I just enjoy the business. I just enjoy leading. Mm-hmm. I enjoy having an impact. I enjoy following God's plan and, and being a, a good uh, steward of the resources and time he's given me to impact people for him. That's where joy is found. That's where contentment and, and peace are found. Yeah. It's this constantly striving to, you know, be something else or something, you know, that you see. You know, I, I think, again, if we bring it back to like, you know, more modern generations and technology, uh, I think one of the reasons why this impacts people's sense of self is this the, the social media aspect of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, again, we talked about this a little bit an episode or two ago where, you know, we're always putting our best foot forward on social media the things our friends and family sees is you don't put your you know horrible picture of yourself up you put the best picture of yourself up yeah you put the picture when you were 20 pounds lighter you yeah. know and had less gray in your hair right or you put you know the the best dish you ever made uh mm-hmm. you know take a picture of it we talked about you cooking yeah um <laughs> you know you take a picture of it and you put it online because you're, you're presenting your your best self to the world and then people see that and they think that's all you are. And yeah. so they're like, man, look at JD. He's got it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, man, look at that great vacation they just went on. I haven't been able to go on vacation in years. I wish I could do that. And yep. you start to covet and you start to, um, you, you covet what the other person is. You, you cover what they have and then you feel bad about yourself. Yep. And so that's why one of the many reasons why we're seeing this, this piece of self-care dwindle is that there's a lot of comparison. And oh, yeah. It's a great point that you brought up. You don't see struggle on Instagram. No, <laughs> you sure don't. Yep. You know, one of the reasons why I, I love special features on movies, uh-huh. uh, I love the behind-the-scenes documentaries yep. about movies, and it's because, like, you'll watch the movie, and that's the end product that they put out there and made millions of dollars, and it's a masterpiece. Maybe. Depends on what movie you're watching. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, Star Wars, for me, masterpiece. <laughs> but then you watch the behind the scenes, and you see all the the strife and the challenges. Yep. And, man, we we tried this shot a dozen different times, and then the 13th one worked. Or, man, like, we, you know, we thought we were going to do this, and everything fell apart, or we didn't have enough money, and we had to do this. Well, look at Jaws. Yeah. Jaws being one of the, you know all-time renowned horror movies everyone says that the the best part about it is you barely see the shark yeah and the only reason you don't see the shark is because it kept have, malfunctioning yeah, too, much, <laughs> too much money to make a better one yeah but yeah it, you know when you watch those things and you, you, you peel back the curtain you yeah. see behind the scenes and you're like man this thing that uh, i admire and i thought was so great it, it took a lot of failure to get there mm-hmm. you know warren buffett who is one of the most uh, affluent, successful businessman, multi-billionaire, owns many different companies. He, he says, for every one successful company I had, I had a dozen that failed and went went yeah. south, you know? Yeah. And so I think people need to learn to apply that to their lives and give themselves 
that level of grace mm-hmm. and that like, yeah, you're going to mess up. You're going to fail. You're not going to have it all together, you yeah. know? And, and you, when you compare yourself, a lot of times you might be comparison, comparing, you know, your season one of your life to that yeah. person's season 10. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I was, uh, talking to my wife about this the other day that like a lot of the friends I grew up with, you know, I'm still close with, they, they only see me as like season one version of Mike. Yeah. And I I feel like I'm on season six or seven, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and there's been a lot of character development there's been a lot of (laughs) like strife and trials and things like that, but it all led to me being here. You know, don't, don't compare your season of life to somebody else's. Yeah. Right. Like what you're going through or, you know, what, what, whether it be your own personal struggles, your own personal, um, you know, internal turmoil, you know, that's all going to equal you becoming a better version of you. Yeah, absolutely. If you let it. Yeah. And and that, you know, brings me back to what, um, Craig Rochelle was writing in this book that I'm reading. You know, he he says we cannot defeat what we don't define. Mm -hmm. So if we don't acknowledge where our, our struggles are, then we can't overcome them. Right. Yeah. And then he also says, if we want to win the war in our minds, we have to be willing to rewrite our thought patterns and revive our brains. And this leads me to my next point is that I think people tell themselves this lie that the way they think or the way they feel about themselves is unchangeable, set yeah. in stone. This is who I am, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not true. You know, it goes back to my other example about, about the uh, kindergarten class with the puzzles is, you know, you, you have the opportunity to change your thought patterns, yeah. but you got to put the work in. And this is truly one of the things nobody else can do for you, but you, mm-hmm. nobody else lives in your head, but you, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and again, coming back to what we talked about originally, this is where like therapy and things like that come into play, you know, talking through these things with somebody and just being forced to put words to them. Like, I feel like we have so many thoughts and our brains are wired in a way that is like, you know, they're like spider webs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, right now I'm thinking about the podcast, but I'm also thinking about the fact that I hear my son in the background yelling and what's going on there, you know, yeah. and then, yeah, hey, we have to do dinner tonight where we get. So like you have all this stuff going on, but when you actually have to stop and have a conversation and articulate what you're thinking, you're forced to actually focus. And that's where you might discover why you feel the way you feel. And, and like people who are in the therapy profession are able to give you tools to overcome things, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, but you have to address it. You mm-hmm. have to talk through it. Um, it's not weakness. It's, it's actually, I think that one of the strongest things we can do is be vulnerable yeah. and admit our faults and admit where we're struggling and ask for help. Yeah. You know, I know, again, I know that's cliche for some reason, but you know, that we, we grew up in a society, I think that, you know, until recently wanted to tell you that, no, like just figure it out for yourself. You don't need help. You know, if you need help from somebody, then you're weak. Yeah. And man, that's, that's just not the case. No, no. I don't know where I would be if not for the people in my life outside of me, my parents, my wife, my friends, my, you know, family, you know, other family members. Like if it wasn't for going through those things with others, you know, cause we, we all do it, right? We might not pay a therapist to do it, yeah. but you might have a close person in your life that you bury your soul to. And that's the only person you feel comfortable doing that with. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who don't have that person, Yeah, you know, and, and so if you don't have that person, there's no harm in going out and seeking that person. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a church, churches are usually staffed with pastoral staff who have uh, the, the training and the education to handle these things as well. Go seek that person out, yeah. you know, but do something. Don't don't just let it stew in your brain and, and you know, continue to bring you down and make you feel bad about yourself. Um, you know, I, I just I think we're we can be our own worst enemies sometimes. Yeah. 
you know, and I've done this. I've been like, man, you know, I really should talk to somebody about some of the stuff I'm, I'm struggling with right now. And then, you know, I put it off, I put it off, eventually it gets better. And I'm like, yeah, see, I didn't need that. Yeah. And then, you know, give another couple months and it comes back around and yep. I didn't need it, you know? Yep. I, I, I completely understand that, that feeling, you know, it's kind of like this, um, I can do it myself. I can get, I can get through it. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. You know? And I think one of the, one of, uh, this is something that I've struggled with a lot of the times. There's almost sometimes a pride in having too much going on. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've ever struggled with that. It's sure. almost like, like look how busy I am. Yeah. Like, look at, look at all this stuff that I'm doing. You know, my friend asked me the other day, he's like, dude, if you keep, cause you know, right now I, I just had the baby. I just mm-hmm. started a new job. I just got, you know, I'm, I've been doing the photography side gig and my friend was like, dude, you're, you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. And my retort was like kind of a, like a joke, but I was like, oh, I burned out last month. It's okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is like, yeah, like I wanted him to know everything that was going on. And I, I, I wanted him to know that I was doing it by myself and that's not a healthy mindset at all. Yeah. You know, so I, I know I'm kind of like picking on myself right now. No, <laughs> it's the same thing. I, I've gone through the same thing, you know, like, Hey, look at all this stuff I got going on. Look how needed I am. Yeah. You know, I think those are things that sometimes we take pride in, you know, yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, I'm needed. I'm wanted. I'm in high demand. Um, and, but you know, it's too much. It's too much of my time. I don't have any downtime. I'm yeah. not spending the time I want with my wife or my child or whatever it might be. You know what I like to do? And it's ridiculous, but like, I am so, I, you and I are both the same in this. I hate getting up early. Yeah. But if I get up early, I want everybody to know. Yeah. Man, I was up at yeah. 5 a.m. this morning. <laughs> Man, I'm tired. Yeah. You know, but like, again, it's a badge of honor because you feel you want people to know, like, look how disciplined I am or yeah. whatever. I don't, I don't yeah. know exactly what it is, but it's almost like this is not who I normally am. So when I do it, I want you to know. About yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? No, I, I completely get that. It, it goes back to and I won't go through the whole story, but like that one time that we were, it was back at the mall mm-hmm. and it was early on in my Chick-fil-A career. I was still I think I was still a team member at the mm-hmm. time. And I, you know, I wanted that management position and they asked me to come in on my day off and I came in and I just, I, I wanted everybody to know, ah, oh, like, you know, I'm not feeling great, you know, cause I'm so tired mm. and today was supposed to be a day off, but I came in anyway. Right. And I remember Brad's response. He was like, ah, well that sucks. <laughs> he walked away. <laughs> I was just like, you jerk. <laughs> You're not doing anything I haven't done a dozen times, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I mean, it, but again, we all do it, right? We all, yeah. we all, we want that attention. Uh, you know, and, and I, I think that too is a part of like coming back to your mindset and thinking through like, why do I do certain things? Yeah. Why am I the way I am? And like really starting to peel back the layers mm-hmm. on that. Uh, you know, I was just having this conversation with my friends the other night. We were talking about just this, you know, at this stage of our lives, you know, and, and, you know, we're, we're business leaders, we're husbands, we're fathers. We, we've been around the block a time or two, yeah. the experiences we've had, like being able to really truly know ourselves, you know, yeah. and, and um, you know, the, the, I think it was St. Augustine said that the greatest challenge is to know thyself, right? Yeah. Is that we, we are becoming more in tune to who we are and what we need mm-hmm. to be the best version of us. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're talking about today is just being willing. I think for some people it's, it's scary to start to pull back the layers. Oh, yeah. They don't want to face well, who they are, why they are the way they are, you know, because I think what they're afraid of is they're not going to, like what they find, you yeah. know? And yeah. then if they don't like what they find, that means they've got to change. Yep. That means they've got to put it in work. Mm-hmm. And that's exhausting to think about. It's scary to think about. Yeah. But nothing worth having is is not worth fighting for. Like you're like, you're gonna have to fight for everything that is worth yeah. having, right? And so this personal, this mental state, like if you just keep 
you know, pushing it back and, and, you know, burying it, like you're not going to get better. And that's, you know, again, going back to my initial point that people think, oh, I'm just stuck like this. There's nothing I can do. No, that's not true. Yeah. As with everything in life, you, you, your situation and your, uh, you know, frame of mind, that is on you. Mm-hmm. And yes, you know, I'm sure there is a lot of different things that equaled it, right? Like you could put blame on your parents. You could put blame on a spouse. You can, you know, there, there are things that probably equaled some of the struggles you're going through, mm-hmm. but you won't overcome them by dwelling on those things or yeah. living in the, that, that space, you have to move past it, right? You know, my pastor growing up, he was very fond of the phrase that if all you ever do is what you've always done, then you'll always have what you've always had. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's stuck with me my whole life. That's just, hey, if you want things to change, you've got to do something different. Yeah. If you, you know, uh, uh, was it Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah. Like, if we want to be better, if we want to be mentally... Uh, healthier, if we want to have that that element of self-care that we feel like we are operating at our full capacity, we've got to do something different. We can't yeah. expect it to be done for us. So what do we do? You know, I, again, I, I fall into pastor mode here. I like to do bullet points. Um, I've got a four-point sermon for you today. Um, and we're, we're already way into it. But so when I broke it down, I started thinking about when I'm at my best, uh-huh. what are the things that are falling into place? Uh, again, I don't have this all figured out. I wish I could tell you I do this stuff all the time. I don't, just like everybody else. Yeah. But striving for these things, right? So I think the first way to ensure self-care and, and help being a healthy self are routines. For some reason, routines get a bad rap. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, your routines are boring. Yeah. When every day of your life is unpredictable, that's exhausting. Yeah, you know? I don't, I don't want to be structured. I want to <laughs> yeah. kind of just let the things roll. and Yeah. yeah. So I think having healthy routines, you know, yeah. there's a difference between having a healthy routine and being stuck in a rut, mm-hmm. right? Like healthy routines are, these are the things you choose to do daily, weekly, monthly, yearly to ensure your, your health, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about physical health with working out, the what things you eat. We're talking about your mental health and like, what are the things you're ingesting? You know, like, you know, we, we've talked about this. I think, I don't know if we've talked about this on the the podcast, but you know, equating your mental health and your emotional health to your physical body, right? If all I ever do is eat junk food Mm -hmm. and sugar and chips and soda, I cannot be surprised when I'm overweight and lethargic and tired all the time. Yeah. Like, it's not like these are new things. The science yeah. is very clear <laughs> that, you know, these are not nourishing things for your body, mm-hmm. right? They taste good in the moment, but they are not long-term healthy for you. Yeah. Right? Same thing with your mind. Like, you and I are big fans of movies and video games. Like, I'm not yeah. saying don't enjoy those things. But if that's all we do, if that's all we fill our time and our headspace with, then that's what we're going to get. Yeah. We're, we're going to have lazy tired like over overworked minds you know yeah absolutely and so you know i i always hear this from people oh i'm not a reader i don't i don't like to read i think you've guilty. said that to me very very guilty of that <laughs> but in our time working together mm-hmm. has that changed yeah absolutely I, i've so i've come up with ways to get the knowledge without having to sit down with a book in my hand right. you know what i mean like i've actually become very much in love with uh, the books app on my phone. Was it Audible? Yeah, well, you can get Audible. Um, it, that's subscription based. Um, I just do the books and I buy the audio book on the, the 
thing. It's a way to get that knowledge without me having to physically stare at a book, right. you know. And so I guess my my biggest thing is like there are ways to incorporate, you know, what you need and ways to nourish your body that may, might not be the traditional way to do it, sure. you know, because I, I can't. Like I look at a book and I start to fall asleep. Right. Uh, it's just it's the way I am, you know. It's, but let me get that knowledge in a different way, which is audio. I'm right. in my car all the time. Literally, probably sixty percent of my day, I'm spent. I spend driving around to different locations and stuff. So let me read a book. You know, I, I read Atomic Habits through audiobook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, great book. I actually, funnily enough, I, I read Peter Pan just recently, the original oh, nice. J.M. Barry Peter Pan, um, which is very odd. We'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. It, you can still nourish your body, but you need to be creative in the ways that you do that. Absolutely. So coming back to the thought process of you know establishing a routine, you have to have that time in your schedule to build into yourself and to, yeah. to nourish yourself. Nourish your body the way that you uh, do through food, same way with your mind, right? So I, and again, I, I, I love to tell you I do this every day. I try to every day, but you know, I've got three kids, so this doesn't always yeah. happen, but I try to make sure I'm up, you know, at a decent enough hour or early enough that, you know, maybe the kids aren't, we're not rushing them to get them out to school or whatnot. And I start my day with my Bible and whatever book I'm reading. Yeah. And I'm going to read, you know, the passage, next passage in my, my Bible, and then I'm going to read the next chapter in my book. And, you know, it might take me 20 minutes um, to, to do all that. And, you know, I sit there with a cup of coffee, but that's how I start my day is with nourishing my mind. And, and ensuring that I am growing um, yeah. and creating that space in my schedule to make sure that's happening. Because if I don't, if I just get up, you know, like if I wait until the very last minute because I want to sleep longer and now we got to get the kids off to school, you know, we're rushing to get them dressed and everything and then yeah. we get them off to school and then I got to go to work. Now I've lost that moment in time in my day that A, starts my day off on a high note with, you know, like encouraging things that I'm reading or, or, um, you know, things that I'm reading to challenge myself to be better. And I'm also losing that, that nourishment of my mind. Yeah. And so it might not look like that for you. You might, I, before kids, I was very much a night person. Like I I like to stay up late at night and, you know, read and things like that. Whatever time in your day you can fit that into, do it. Just Mm -hmm. establish a routine. Can I ask you something? Have you always been big on routines? No. No, it's it's something that they kind of grew into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, as I became more established as a leader and, and life continued to get more complicated. Yeah. If you don't establish a routine, you get swept up in the current yeah. of life, right? And so, uh, you, yeah, you probably in my teens and my early twenties when you have all the time in the world, it feels like, mm-hmm. um, because your your responsibilities are less. Then yeah, no, I didn't really have a great routine. So for me, um, and you're you're gonna understand what I, where I'm coming from on this. For me, I've always been like the the metalhead punk guy who wanted to go against the current. Don't show me routines. I live my life, you know, minute by minute, one mile and, at a time. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like like that. That's just me. And I actually fought against the idea of structure because I didn't like the idea of structure. Mm-hmm. But one of the things, and this is the part that I think that you're going to agree with, when you're living your life that way, I can't tell you how much time I've wasted going, okay, well, what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. What now? What, like, because I, have, I didn't have a structure. So now I'm wasting time, you know, that, not doing anything, yep. thinking about what I'm going to do now. Yep. You know, whereas 
now I've gotten to the point in my life where I need structure. There's no, there's not, you know, there's no way around it. And I'm t- taking the time to make those routines and my day is so much more productive. Mm-hmm. I get so much done to the point where like, I'll be like, Oh my gosh, it's one o'clock. Look at all I did already. You know, it, it's, it's remarkable how much you can get done. And for me, I want to do so many things that every minute is valuable for me, you know? So I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way where you're like, look at all the time I wasted just not knowing what to do next. Knowing this about yourself and then being able to uh, come up with a strategy to address it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you talked about how routines were not really your thing. I feel like, you know, the older you get and the more, you know, things that you get on your plate, a routine is not a, uh, an option anymore. Yeah, if you yeah, don't absolutely. have it, something will fall through the cracks. Yep. And most time it's you taking care of yourself. Yep. Right. Because all these other things put a demand on you. Mm-hmm. Work has demands of you. Family has demands of you. Um, you know, whatever, whatever else it might be friends. But if you don't work this in, it's the easiest thing mm-hmm. to let go and because uh, it's for you. Honestly. Um, and this may sound cliche, but I feel like when you don't you know, schedule those routines and, and, you know, in, intelligently plan out how you're going to do things. The people, and it's, it's people, it's always people. The people closest to you are the ones who end up taking the back seat. Yep. whether it be yourself or your family. Like how many times, you know, are you on a work call or handling a work situation or, you know, this person, my boss needs me and, you know, your wife or husband or whoever, you know, the listener is, is significant other is just kind of like, this is our time. Well, I I think that's a little bit of a different concept, which is also, I think very important, uh, for self care. Uh, I think that's more, you're talking more boundaries, right? Having well-defined boundaries is important as well. I, I slip into this trap probably more than any of the other ones, which is like, I take work home with me. Yeah. I take work on vacation with me and it's not even like meaning like, Hey, I took my computer and I'm going to work. No, it's like, I got this text and I'm going to handle it right now when, you know, I should be focusing on my family or I'm thinking I'm not even like actively engaging. I I am, I'm not here with you in this conversation because I'm thinking about what's going on at work or at school or at church or whatever it might be. And so I think another aspect of self care is having well-defined boundaries that are healthy for you. You know, and again, this isn't talking about selfish boundaries of like, no, I won't do anything beyond above and beyond what is asked for. This is noting that like, you know, especially we as leaders have the tendency to take that all on our shoulders and be like, I'm the only one who can handle this. I need to handle it right now because if I don't, somebody else is going to suffer. And what you don't realize is that you or your family, your spouse, your kids, your parents, whatever it might be, they're suffering in the moment because you're not actively engaged with them because you're doing something for work, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's certainly something I fall into all the time. I mean, again, come back to smartphones. It sounds like I hate technology. I'm really, you know, I don't. I I love technology. But I think one of the things that, and I've seen a lot of studies and, and like articles and stuff written about this, that over the last 10 years or so since having basically a supercomputer in our pockets at all times, like the human condition and like has changed. Yeah. Like our lives have changed in a way like, and it seems so small, like something so simple. Like we just upgraded our phone technology, Yeah. but it's really just you, you, it doesn't matter what you do anymore. Like I, I lead a business, I lead an organization and you know, the truth is I, I'll, 
I'll probably never be able to just leave that at work. Right? Yeah. Because when you're the owner of something, it's, it's a whole different level. But even if you, you just work somewhere, if you just work at an office, you can never leave things at the office anymore. Yeah. You're getting a text, you're getting an email, you're, you know, you, you saw on social media, something happened. Like, you know, you, you can never just like break free yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. And so just the very nature of the technology and of, like of, of the convenience of having it, like, and there's a lot of good things about it, but we have to set boundaries. We mm-hmm. have to understand, you know, the, the goods about it and also the bad things, the evils about it and yeah. create routines and systems and boundaries that help us to utilize that in the good way and not the bad way. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, getting back to the thought routines, though, it's not just about what you read. Uh, I like to read. I do physically like a, a physical book in my hand, mm-hmm. uh, but I also have listened to books. And you know, when when I had a longer commute and things like that, I think that's great. Yeah. I think uh, you know things like Audible or the Books app or or whatever. I mean, even before those things existed, you had books on tape and books on CD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever way it takes for you to consume the content, do it. You know, because mm-hmm. that's those are things that are going to edify you. They're going to make you better. Um, another aspect of that is things like podcasts, like our podcast, yeah. there's a ton of great podcasts. Now, unfortunately, podcasting, you know, ha- it has blown up in such a way that there's just almost too much content yeah. out there, but there's a lot of great, um, leadership, faith, you know, spiritual, uh, physical fitness. Like there's all these different podcasts out there now yeah. from like really big deal, like authors and leaders, and stuff that you can learn. It's all at our fingertips. And this, this is the good thing about technology, right? Like I don't have to go to a library or, you know, go to a bookstore and try to find a book or find a book on tape or something like that. I can have this in my hands within seconds. Yeah. So again, like because of the technology now, we, we really don't have an excuse. Mm -hmm. It's not like we're even having to add an extra step. We already have a phone, like just go on there and find a podcast that works well for you, you know? Um, you know, but, but also like just being intentional about what you're putting into your mind making sure that, you know, for every like mindless entertainment aspect, I'm mm-hmm. also incorporating something that like pushes me to think bigger and think better. Yeah. Um, and then you're just coming back to the physical fitness piece too. You know, I've been on like a fitness journey this year and yeah. losing weight and trying to, you know, change some of the things I eat. And I used to be a big, like I'd scoff at these things. I want bacon on everything and all this other <laughs> stuff, you know, um, I still love bacon, but <laughs> you know, just also being aware of like, the nutritional value of those things and knowing that I, I, you know, I think for me, uh, my, my, when it comes to like just taking care of myself, my mindset around food changed when I stopped looking at it as a reward, you know, cause like I grew up in an Italian household. My, my mom cooks amazing food. Um, and it it was always like dinner was an event every night. Like it was an exciting event. And again, not that that's a bad thing. I'm super grateful for that. Uh, but I think I started to associate food with just like enjoyment, you know, yeah. good time. Like, like this is the highlight of my day. Mm-hmm. And so diets never stuck because, you know, to diet, you have to like, you know, not eat things that always taste the best and stuff yeah. like that. And so I was taking an aspect of enjoyment out of my life. And so when I, when I actually started, uh, a friend of me, mine challenged me to look at food, not as that, but it, it's fuel. Yeah. And, that, and when you really break it down to the basics of our biology, that's what food is. It's just fuel to yeah. create more energy for us to keep going, to, to keep living, you know. And so when you look at it as, as fuel and you extrapolate that to, an, you know, like the example of a car, if you put uh, gas in your car that is corroded or has sand or something like that mm-hmm. in it, your car doesn't operate. 
Yeah. That's kind of what I was doing to my body for 20 years, which is, yeah. you know, putting junk into it. And so that my body stopped operating uh, at peak performance. Yeah. Now, you know, you change that. You're putting not even just like regular fuel. You're putting that high test stuff in mm-hmm. to your car. Your car is going to run better. Yeah. Same thing with your body. So, and again, it's not something I have fully figured out, but it's definitely something that has helped change my routines. It's changed my, my self-care and it's made me better for my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I have three kids now. I started thinking about like, man, I, I want to be around for a while, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I, and not just around, but like have a good quality of life and, and be physically fit enough that when they have, they have kids and you know, I have grandkids that I can keep up with them. Yeah. And if I keep doing this to myself physically, that's not going to be the case. Yeah. So physical fitness, you know, it routines around, you know, how you, you eat, uh, how you work out. That's something else like working out was never an aspect because I'm not an athletic person. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have to when I was a, a teenager and in my early 20s, like I, I couldn't keep weight on, you know. Yeah. But then as I got older and the metabolism changed, the body changed, like now it is something that I have to do to make sure I stay fit. Yeah. So uh, I think that's the, the first thing we can do for ourselves to establish uh, good routines. That's how you are able to care better for yourself and, and mm-hmm. make sure that you are uh, capable of keeping keeping up the stamina and the pace that a lot of our, our lives require from us. Right. Yeah. Uh, the next piece I have here that I think is, uh, essential to self-care is your support system. So, and again, I, I am aware that not everybody in the world is as lucky as we are to have families, uh, that, that love us and that we love and spouses that we love and children and all those things. But what I do know about any human is that we were not made to go through life alone. No, absolutely. We not. were not created to be uh, self-reliant, self—you know, like hermits. Yeah. Um, we we like require love and and you know human interaction and relationship. We were made for that. Yeah. And uh, even the most introverted person you know, which you know our wives might be on that list. Yeah. <laughs> they still, they still need w- at least one or two really close friends. Mm-hmm. And so like, it is essential that we have strong support systems. And if you don't have it, you got to go find it. Yeah. And I think that's something else that I've seen more and more recently is people just scared to, to put themselves out there to try and yeah. make friends or try to get closer to an existing friend or an existing family member. Um, because they've been hurt in the past or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think, if it was not, I mentioned this earlier, if it were not for my support system, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at. You know, if it wasn't for all the people around me, like there, you know, I, I said this, um, when we opened the restaurant, uh, when I opened the restaurant last year, I, I was in the room surrounded by my, my parents and, uh, my family, my, my wife and my kids and you guys. And, um, you know, some of the, the other people who I had worked with along my journey, everybody in that room represented a reason why I was there. Mm-hmm. Right. To, like that. We got to open that restaurant and there's no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. Yeah. Everybody, you know, it, whether it be a really deep relationship or even somebody, you know, that just showed you a kindness and gave you an opportunity to lead or to do, to excel, um, a teacher, maybe a, a boss, somebody else in your life, like nobody gets somewhere just solely on their own. Yep. You know, like we don't, we don't come into the world fully formed. Like, you know, Hey, I, I was born and I, I know all these things and I've, I've done all this and, no, you know, we all start off as blank slates and we develop over time. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, it, it is really important that the people we allow 
into that sphere of influence to help develop us are healthy people and, and good influences on us. Yeah. You know, and, and again, some people don't have an option. You know, sometimes you're born into a bad situation. But again, like, don't stay in that. Don't keep going back to that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're very able to identify it as this is unhealthy, this is bad, this is toxic, then you need to remove yourself from that and surround yourself with people who aren't, you know, they are healthy and they are, yeah. they're giving as much as they're taking, right? There is uh, an old adage that you are the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. Uh, and so, you know, are those people that, you know, they, they are striving to be better. They're, um, you know, they're, they're good, not just good people. They're, they're good husbands, fathers, uh, you know, leaders, sons, mothers, whatever they are, uh, striving to be better every day. They're, you know, they have good routines, you know, like, again, this stuff for me didn't just like manifest all of a sudden, like, Oh, I just had this great idea. No, I spent time with great people who helped show me these things, whether it be my parents that taught me things or, you know, my friends or my wife. And, uh, you know, we, we have to have strong support systems because, you know, again, your self care is going to suffer your, your mindset and your, uh, mental health is going to suffer when you turn so, so inward that you think that you're the only thing that has any impact on, uh, you and, and, and you're just so self-reliant and, but then you also feel so woefully unprepared and unacceptable. That's why people fall into these traps of depression and, um, you know, anxiety is because when we think we're the only ones who can do something and we know we're not capable, then yeah, that seems pretty bleak. seems pretty hopeless, you know? So I, you know, I think if you don't have a good group, around you, you know, do what you can like to, to get that, you know, put yourself out there, find, um, you know, whether you go to a church or a community group or, you know, whether it be at work or school, you know, just find people that they're not just friends. They're not just like, Oh, they're fun to hang out with. I mean, that's important, Mm -hmm. but they're also people that make you better. Yeah. You know, my, some of my best friends throughout my life have been people who have, I've been challenged by them as well. Mm -hmm. I've been challenged to be better. They, They hold me accountable when I'm not being the best version of, of who they know I can be. Um, you know, we learn from each other. We, you know, we're, we're our, our families enjoy time with each other. Like these are all aspects of people that you should be looking for beyond just how, oh, Hey, they're, they're kind of a, a fun guy or girl to hang out with. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And one of the biggest things for, for me that, uh, you know, that has always kind of stuck with me is I remember when I was, I was probably like 19 years old. I was in a band and uh, I was talking to this guy at Guitar Center, and he said, always surround yourself with people who are a little bit better. And it's true. I've tried to, I tried to do that, and you can see yourself grow. And honestly, you, you can kind of see yourself just get, I mean, I guess grow would be the, the word to do it. You see yourself getting better, you know, mm-hmm. just by surrounding yourself with people who, who you know, know what they're talking about in certain areas you know i guess that guy kind of goes a little bit more for like mentors rather than friends um well but i, I think when you to your example again we're both musicians mm-hmm. uh you know i i love playing with musicians who are better than me yeah and you know it, it's not even like hey you're my mentor like no like i just man i just picked that hey show me that again play yeah. that play that yeah. like again or show, like, I didn't know that chord. Can you show me how you did that? Like when you're surrounding yourselves with people who know more or, or know different things yeah. than you do, then you're exposed to things like you don't always know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was picking up the guitar originally, like, you know, I, I taught a lot to myself, even though my father is a guitar player. Um, you know, I, I 
didn't always get to, to learn. I learned some things from him, but you know, I spent a lot of time online looking at chords and chord charts and stuff. And okay, I taught myself how to do this. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can do yourself and so yeah. you have to go to other people better than yeah. you and be like, Hey, wait, why did you just do that? Let me see that again. And it's the same thing in life. Yeah. If all we do is like surround ourselves with what we've always known again, then, then that's all we'll have. You know, mm-hmm. you don't know that there's better until you experience better. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've tried to do that the best that I can, you know, just really surround myself with people who are better than I am at, at certain things, you know, especially when it came when it came to Chick-fil-A. You guys were so much more organized than I was, you know, and I saw productivity. <laughs> I saw productivity come out of, out of you guys in a way that I was never able to do. And not that I wasn't productive or anything. It's just a matter of. I needed organization in my life and you guys were that for a really long time. And I, I just think, yeah, like if you surround yourself with people who, who are kind of wh- where you want to be, you're going to see yourself grow. And when that, when those people end up becoming your, um, the people around you that are cheering you on and they become your support system, you, you're, you're going to thrive. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and also, I think surrounding yourself with people who are encouraging and yeah. believe in you and, and like you said, like, like they're cheering you on, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, like I, I feel like there's a lot of people who pretend to be your friends, but oh, yeah. behind the scenes, they're like tearing you down and, and secretly hoping for your failure, like yeah. to make themselves feel better about themselves. Yep. And man, like I, I don't want to spend time with people like that. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I am genuinely excited, even if it means you have more than me or you're better than quote unquote better than me. Like mm-hmm. a true friend or member of your family wants that for you, yeah. you know? Yeah. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people get so, you know, self-centered and caught up in themselves that, you know, they, they don't, they can't even enjoy others success. People they claim yeah. to love, they can't even enjoy their success, you know? Yep. Yep. So, you know, again, finding people who are supportive, who are encouraging, who are, um, you know, just pouring into you and giving you um, more, you know, things, uh, tools to be better than you, who you currently are. I think that's super important because it's really hard to self-generate that. Yeah. So um, my third point here about self-care, and uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but, you know, hobbies, things that you enjoy. Oh, what, yeah. What are the things that give you joy in life that maybe you've put on the back burner or, you know, you just don't get to as much because life's become complicated. Yeah. Right. Like when I was pursuing being a Chick-fil-A operator and I was working a lot and putting a lot of time in and I was in school and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think I touched my guitar for the better part of a year. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I realized it and it, this was something that like, it's not just something I enjoy. It's like part of my identity. Mm-hmm. It's part of who I am that I, you know, I'm a musician yep. and I love this and it gives me, it, it makes me feel uh, you know, just better, you know, it just mm-hmm. gives me joy. And I hadn't touched it in a year. Like that's sad. I didn't even yeah. have kids at that point. It was just, you know, I, I was working a lot and I was chasing this dream. And, uh, eventually I was like, you know what? Like this is important to me. So I, I wound up taking the guitar out of its case, putting it on a stand in the living room. Yeah. And then I, you know, when I'd walk by, I'd be like, oh, hey, I haven't picked that up this week. Let me, let me play around a little bit. And it just became more top of mind. But because yeah. I then forced like a, a situation where I couldn't ignore it anymore, I was able to incorporate it back into my routine and, and it's something that made me a better person. Yeah. Putting that atomic habits, uh, yep. mindset. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Atomic habits. <laughs> um, it, you know, or like we always talk about them as what we call irreducible minimums. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the things that, again, it's, it's an, the bare minimum. This is irreducible. meaning I can't cut this out. That will make me the best version of me. What are those things you need to do daily, weekly, monthly, yearly? 
And so for me, one of them has always been weekly to play music. Yeah. You know, and, and again, it's only gotten harder, you know, yeah. I said, I've only gotten more responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, we opened up a new, bigger, more complicated restaurant. I have a bigger team. Um, you know, on the personal front, I've got more kids now, you know, yep. I've got three kids. And so now it's not even just something that like, Oh, like, Hey, I'm bored. Let me pick up my guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm never bored. There's always something to do. Now I have to choose to do that. If it's important enough to you, you will make the time to do it. So, you know, we're, again, we're both musicians in that, in that sense, you know, and, and playing guitar was always something that I just, you know, it it decompressed me, you know, like I could just play it and not worry about some stuff, just have my mind go blank. And same thing for like the past three years, I have 14 guitars. I haven't touched any of them, mm. you know? <laughs> and uh, when me and Essie uh, moved to the new apartment, I actually have my acoustic guitar right beside my TV. Mm. So if I'm looking at my TV, I'm I'm looking at the guitar. Yep. And, you know, I had it in the living room at our old apartment, but it was kind of like in this weird place behind the couch, by the closet. Couldn't really out see sight, it. Out of mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now it's right in the open. And, I mean, we just moved in, so, you know, I'm still not playing it as of now but i just put it there like two days ago so Mm. i'm hoping that yeah like i'm gonna be able to pick that up and just kind of decompress and as he said the other day because this was like maybe two or three weeks ago i was playing my guitar for the first time in months and she was in the shower and she heard me and she came out she goes were you playing your guitar and i was like yeah yeah i decided to pick it up and she goes that was really nice i want i I wish i could see that more often you know Mm. because that's how we we met yeah through music music so, yeah, I mean, it, you, you have to have those little things. I usually call them creative outlets. Mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone has a creative outlet. Yeah, for, for some people, it might not be creative, but it, it might just, it might be... Maybe um, it's Sudoku. Or, or maybe it's sports. Yeah. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, board games or, yeah. or something. You know, like, what's that just outlet? Something. What's that thing you find joy in that's for you, yeah. you know? And, and making sure you're making time for those things. Again, as we get more busy and as we get more stuff on our plate, it feels selfish to do those things. And a lot of times we pick these things up in childhood or in our adolescence and, you know, going back to that feels like, Oh, well I'm just being selfish or I'm being childish or whatever it might be. And no, like that's something you genuinely love and enjoy. And, and if you continue to deny yourself the things that you love, then mm-hmm. eventually you'll lose the love for what you're doing. You yeah, know? Absolutely. So yeah. I, you know, I, even for me, like I get home from work, and, you know, uh, again, like the kids, I haven't seen them all day and my, you know, Caitlin, my wife, you know, she might need help and, and whatever it might be, I leap right into that. And so, you know, and then, you know, we could put the kids to bed and before you know it, you know, you got an hour that maybe you watch TV and then you, yeah. go, you go to bed. Right. And you just, it gets lost, but like there's times where, you know, and being completely aware and respectful of what my wife's needs are mm-hmm. like, Hey, hon, um, I haven't played my guitar in a while. I'm going to go downstairs and do that for maybe an hour. If yeah. that's okay with you. Or if, you know, if you need something from me, like just tell me, I'll, I'll come right back. And she, again, she's always understanding. Like she knows I need that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, same thing for her. Like there's some, like, she needs time alone. She needs, you know, she just likes to go walk around target sometimes, you know, <laughs> Hey, we'll make time for that. And, but whatever it is, you gotta make the time for it. Yeah. Because to be the best version of you to, to care for yourself there, there has to be some element of not selfishness, but like you got to do things for yourself, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you can't continually deny yourself, deny yourself, deny yourself, and then be, you know, surprised mm-hmm. when you run out, when you're burnt out, you know? Yeah. So, 
yeah, I think, I think hobbies, and I, I think just making time for yourself to, to, you know, reward yourself, enjoy things that you enjoy. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's essential actually. Yeah. Um, the last part I would say that I've written here uh, for self-care and I'm sure there's things that I'm missing and I am by no means a uh, expert or a psychologist or anything. These are just things through my experience that I have found, uh, but just getting time out. Yeah. Time out, time away, uh, separating yourself, uh, you know, and, and intentionally again, really having to like, Hey, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to check my email. I'm not yeah. checking my tech. Like don't text me. Uh, you know, if you can leave your phone at home, like most people can't, but, uh, you know, just, I, I was telling you right before we got on that, I just got back from a family vacation. The, the first one that me and, and my wife and kids have gotten to take in two years since COVID started. And I didn't realize until we were in the midst of it, how much we needed it. Yeah. You know, not even yeah. just to say, Hey, let's get away from work or whatever. But just to, to have that really great, intentional, fun time with my yeah. family. And we're not, you know, I won't say we're not worried about COVID. Obviously, we're, we're being safe. We're being, yeah. um, you know, it, we're, we're masking where we needed to and things like that. But like, again, not worrying about COVID, not worrying about the bills that need to get paid or the, you know, things going on at the restaurant or whatever it might be. Like, we're, we're just here to be with each other and have yeah. fun and detach from that. Like, and not everybody can take a week off. I, I get that. But even if it's a day, if it's like, Hey, we're gonna take a day trip or we're gonna have a staycation where we're just gonna, we're gonna do stuff around the house. And like, we're gonna intentionally slow down, intentionally just carve out time to just be who we are yeah. aside from like leading something, you know, or, or working or whatever it might be. You know, I think that's, that's one of the things like as we add more and more things to ourselves, we think, well, this is just, this is just what I do. And this is who I am, you know, and we forget about like, you know, your job, even for me, man, I, I'm an owner of a, of a business. God forbid, if I, I passed away tomorrow, guess what? That restaurant's going to keep going. They're going to find another owner and it's, it's going to keep going. Yeah. So yes, I'm sure there would be this horrible period of like, you know, more, uh, mourning and things like that. But again, if I, if I drop dead tomorrow, guess who's really going to miss me it's my family yeah, you know yeah it's my wife it's my kids um you know nobody lays on their deathbed saying i wish i spent more time at the office yeah you know <laughs> they they later saying I, I wish i spent more time with my family I, I wish i did more things that i enjoyed yeah you know i don't want to get to the end of my days and sitting there regretting you know that i i didn't do these things you know yeah and so just again, being cognizant of that, making sure that you're making time for those things, taking time off, taking time away, uh, being, you know, and again, in today's society, we have to be intentional about slowing down because if we don't intentionally do it, you'll just get caught up in, in the wave and just keeps going and going yeah. until, until you can't go anymore, you know, until you physically shut down or you mentally shut down. We've been talking a lot about burnout and I, I meant to do this earlier, but just defining burnout, what does that mean? It doesn't mean like, Oh, I'm so burnt out. So I, I just don't work anymore. No, yeah. what that means is you still got to show up for work every day. Mm -hmm. You still got to wake up, you know, be there for your wife, yep. be there for your kids, go to work. You got to do all those things still, but you've lost, you have no energy, you have no focus, yep. you have no um, desire to do those things, and you're just going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, like there's a lot of people that get stuck in that for a good portion of their life. Yeah. And then they wonder, why do I feel this way? And, it's not necessarily because the things around you change. It's not because your marriage, you know, fell apart necessarily, or, or your, you know, your work has not worth doing anymore. It's because you allowed yourself to get to a place where you don't have anything else to give those yep. things. And so you just lost the love of it. So, you know, again, not, I'm sure uh, there are, there are plenty of, uh, you know, uh, 
examples of where that has truly happened where like you know a marriage falls apart or whatever but i think where we need to start is what have i what am i doing yeah. how can i bring more to this okay and if i've got nothing left to give what do i need to do to refill myself you know and again i think people get to this place and they think sometimes well this is just where i'm at and it's never gonna get any better and there's nothing i can do about yeah. it and to that i say okay well when your car runs out of gas and you're stranded on the side mm-hmm. of the road, what do you do? You just sit there and say, well, I guess it's just a really elaborate paperweight now. No, like you go and you get a gas yeah. can, you get gas, you fill the gas back up and you keep going. It's yeah. the same thing with you as a person. I also think that one of the uh, biggest lies that you can tell yourself is this is just for now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I'm just grinding, grinding, grinding right now because eventually I'll be able to, you know, it'll all pay off. Sometimes and most of the time when you hit that that plateau where you think, oh, this is where it's going to pay off. No, there's a whole other hill to climb. Yep. And you're just going to find yourself in the same cycle again going, OK, well, what when I hit that next plateau that, you know, then I can rest. And it's never it's never going to you're never going to get there. No, no. And, and, and not just that. I don't think it's just about like, oh, I, I it's just for now I, I'm. I'm just going to rest. It's, it's also, it's not just about the season of life and the amount of things going on. It's also about the mindset associated with it. Well, okay, I just feel this way for now. Eventually I'll feel better. Yeah. You know, that, that's like, again, it's like expecting you to just magically get in shape without changing your diet and exercising. Yeah. Like if you don't do something about your mind and about your, your self-worth and your self-value and you don't pour your in, things into yourself to change that, then no, you're just going to stay that way. Yeah. So uh, again, I've said it many times, but please understand, like we can make these changes. We can make ourselves, uh, you know, better by, by changing things in our lives, by changing our thought processes. And, and, you know, uh, again, for me, I'm talking about like a lot of self-reliance, but for me, it's also about, you know, the spiritual side of things that I, you know, I have faith that uh, I serve a, somebody bigger than myself. Yeah. You know, I serve a God that's bigger than me and who's in control and I can go to with those things and it's not all on me, you know, and, and I have faith in that and that provides a lot of, of peace and, and lightness in my being. Cause if yeah. really like knowing these things about myself, if I thought everything would, you know, and I, I do this, I do this to myself all the time, especially with the business. Well, it's my responsibility. I need to fix it. And sometimes it's not something I can immediately fix. And then, that just creates more anxiety and more frustration and stress. And it's not until I, I just, you know, give it away and say like, okay, God, you got this. Yeah. And I'm just going to have faith that, you know, it'll work out that it actually does, you know, yeah, and I, yeah, again, I know that sounds reductionist and it sounds like, you know, pie in the sky thinking, but for me, it's such a core portion of who I am. And it's, yeah. it's always been a portion of who I am. And, and it, it, I cannot talk about self care without talking about that, yeah. about my reliance on, you know, the, the Bible and scripture and God and, things like that. But again, if that's not for you, you know, you, you got to find that thing. Yeah. You got to find something that is going to help enable you to be that person and, um, you know, ensure that you, you are, you know, refilling yourself and giving yourself, you know, I, th- I think a lot of it too is about grace, having grace and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, giving yourself some slack, you know, that you don't need to be this, uh, you know, all things to all people all the time. Yeah. So that is, uh, that's all I have. I know we've gone a bit longer. This has been a longer <laughs> episode. Uh, had a lot to say, and because also yeah. we haven't we haven't met in a while. But uh, you know, the next episode we're going to talk about. You no, know, okay, now we, we're we've cared for ourselves. We are full. We're capable of of leading and and being um, there for other people. Now, how do we care for others? That'll be the next yeah. episode. 
So anything else you'd like to say before we sign off, JD? No, man, I enjoyed doing this again. Me too. You know, I'm, I'm glad to like have a, a routine now and we'll be able to do, you know, this consistently now. I, yep. I think that's going to be great. Absolutely. Well, uh, for all those who are listening and, and for the new listeners we've picked up, I hope this was helpful and, and that you guys continue to listen. Thank you for listening to our podcast and we hope to see you back here again sometime next month when we post again. So I'm Mike Thornton. You know, thank you again for listening to the Leadership Guy Cares podcast. Thank you.